Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the Yesterday's Hero Odyssey. We're still working our way through this incredible film from 1979. Yesterday's Hero, uh, a football story of passion on and off the pitch. Um, starring Ian McShane, Adam Faith, uh, Suzanne Summers. Uh, fucking, uh, who else is in it? Fucking Paul Nicholas. Paul Nicholas. Glynis uh, Barber. Uh, many, many others. Um yeah, so where were we up to? I'm just trying to work out where we were. Yeah, it was the nightclub scene, wasn't it? The discotheque, mm. if you like, uh, in the town where Saints football team that Rod's playing for are based. Saints have just won the, the semi-final of the cup and everyone's in the discotheque having a great time. Uh, Rod, of course, is shit-faced um, and he's just bumped into Clint Simon, the chairman of the club, uh, played by Paul Nicholas. Um, no, he didn't. He bumped into... Adam Faith is the manager, Jake Marsh, who, of course, he's uh, at odds with, at war with almost. Jake Marsh, of course, has threatened to suspend him because he caught him having a drink of whiskey halfway through the cup semi-final. (laughs) Which, Which, to be fair to Jake Marsh, he is a bit of a camp, but that is, there is no way you can look at that and think it's acceptable on any level. It seems as though Rod has crossed a line, let's just say that. Uh, so there's a bit of a scuffle some pushing and shoving um, <laughs> and uh, Rod is escorted from uh, the premises um, Cloudy has disappeared as well she's not going to dance with Jake anymore she doesn't like what's going on uh, Rod is leaving she comes out with the classic put down and she I just don't like you just very much I don't like you very much yeah um, Rod's leaving and he's kind of um, at the at the foyer almost of the nightclub and then he just sort of snaps and he goes I'm going to go back in there and smash and, and he's about to <laughs> he, he has that that fucking um, that red mist that drunks mm. usually get when a fight is yeah. over but then they decide no it's not go over yet I'm going back in for, for more for afters yeah, yeah. So he's going to do that. And his mates are giving it all the leave it, leave it, leave it. Um, so some things don't change. Of course, this was the days when there was lots of lead in the petrol and violence was uh, never far away. Rife. If we discovered mm. this from social history. Uh, lead, yeah, lead I mean, if petrol. you listen to the specials first album, mm. I mean, not this is even before they did Ghost Town. 
they most of the songs and like that album came out when I was only five but I got really into it about ten years after it came out my brothers were always yeah. listening to it in the house and I've, I found it really scary when I was mm. young because every single song is about not every single song but a lot of it is about the looming threat of violence that existed on the streets yeah, yeah. and then I remember and, and and the thing is when I when I speak to my older brothers about those times being teenagers in the late 70s early 80s it was like the sort of menace and tribalism that existed everywhere was similar to what I would have witnessed but only at football do you know what I mean? Yeah. So at yeah. football, you had your wits about you and there was a lot of tribalism and, you know, I suppose you, there'd be a risk you could you could get beaten up for, you know, standing in the wrong place or looking the wrong way or whatever. But in that era where you were, you were a skin or you might have been, I don't know, a punk mm-hmm. or a rude boy or any of these things, that, that was like national level fucking non-stop aggro, mate. On a daily and basis, rem- yeah. And yeah. then I remember a, a band who I've never been a fan of and I've found really irritating. And I'm I'm using measured language because it could really trigger you off on one, but is the, it, not the, uh, on, on hating on a band, because I assume you'll hate them, is the Kaiser Chiefs, right? <laughs> and when, when they came out, right, when they came out, I thought, who the fuck are this? Lot? They're awful. And... Um, they were taken quite seriously on, like, XFM, which was quite a good station at the time. They were like, yeah, yeah. really great band. And I was like, this is what? a silly band. They're like, this is a silly band, right? They're yeah. silly. And they did this song <laughs> called I Predict a Riot, right? Yeah. Which I've got, I mean, we could do a whole episode on all the fucking flaws in that song, right? But what the silly daft man who, who is the singer is singing about is he's trying to paint a picture of, and I could, t- I thought he's listened to the specials first album, and he's trying to paint a picture of like how tough it is being an urban youth, and how every time you step yeah. foot on the street, there is that looming sense of violence. No one knows what could happen, right? Mm. And don't forget as well, in those days as well, there was a huge amount of of pr- police brutality, which I don't doubt still exists, especially if you're not white. Right, yeah. I'm sure that's still something that you got to be worried about. So I'm not saying it's the same for everyone, but yeah, I just think that in this era, the violence was pretty rife on the streets in the, in like the late seventies, early eighties. And by the time Kaiser Chiefs were trying to fucking sing about it, and I predict a riot, to me, that felt like a load of contrived bullshit. I mean, I mean, they are from Leeds. I don't know if that makes any difference. I've not grown <laughs> up in Leeds or the outskirts of Leeds. So I don't know. But uh, yeah. everyone in every city thinks their city's rough. That's the other thing, though. So, like, well, yeah. I'm from Leeds, mate. And you're like, well, I'm from fucking London. He's from Manchester. That other cunt's from fucking Bristol. I tell you what, you can go into the city centre of somewhere like <laughs> Oxford or fucking Windsor, which are bywords of being posh, genteel towns. But if you walk down the fucking wrong road on a Friday night when everyone's just been chucked out of a Weatherspoons, it's going to be just as fucking aggro, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Durham. Durham has got a reputation for being a bit tasty because um, you've got the students there and you've got the people who come from all the mining villages in, that surround it. They come into Durham and it, it kicks off. Well, it used to before lockdown and all that. I'm, I mean, I yeah, can't remember. I, every, I've only every, had a few nights out in Durham, but one time I remember I, got, I almost got fucking in a fight 
because some random cunt came up and asked if I liked Tupac. <laughs> you know? And what did you say? I said I thought he was all right, but I was more into Wu-Tang. And then <laughs> it, it just almost yeah, descended Tom. into a, a scrap. Oh, yeah. Fucking Wu-Tang, is it? Let's fucking see. <laughs> so, there you go. That was an interesting night. But, yeah, um, I remember, yeah, of course, I think probably one of the reasons why I didn't go out much as a kid is that it mm. was because of the threat of skinheads. If you saw a skinhead yeah, in the street, yeah. you immediately thought there was an orgy of violence about to commence and he yeah, was just going to beat up anyone that got in his way because that was the, yeah. the, the reputation they had. Yeah, that so, thing, um, that, what, what are you into? Like, so you go, rude boy, what are you into? I'm into Scar and Two-Tone. Mm. Punk, what are you into? I'm into just, you know, fucking smashing the system. Skinheads, what are you into? Violence. Yeah. That's my thing. I've got being, these fucking being a violent man. I've got these fucking oxblood DMs on, and I'm going to kick your fucking head right off. I I wear shoes that are <laughs> especially designed to kick people's heads off. A deadly weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm getting scared now just thinking about it. I know. Fucking sure, the fucking Kaiser Chiefs. Um, where were we? Yeah, so I was, was at a pub at West Ham once before a game, and. Uh, it was like the the one of the main pubs at Upton Park was called the Bowling, and I was it I was there before a game. And bear in mind, you know, like I've you know I've been going to fucking West Ham a lot since I was very young, right? So I know a lot of people there and everything. There was a couple of fucking right old cunts, right? Probably like in their I don't know they were fucking a lot older than me. A couple of fat fucking washed out old cunts and they were it was so embarrassing they were in the full fucking what I call the full wheat a big skinhead get up right <laughs> so they had the Fred Perry is- <laughs> red braces I'm not joking red braces drain pipe jeans which they were way too fat to squeeze into but with like sort of the bleached patches on right you know yeah. they sort of had yeah and then the fucking however many holes the really high red DM boots yeah. right and the shaved heads and they were you know well into their 50s and I just thought fucking hell they I mean what have they accidentally got out of a fucking TARDIS from 1979 right yeah and of course this is in a pub this is I'm saying about this was about 2011 right and uh, I've gone up to the bar and this is a pub I know really well I know loads of people who drink in there I've been going there for years and I've never seen these cunts in there before and I literally think it was like the first time they'd gone to West Ham. They thought, "Let's dress up, right?" <laughs> and I let over call the it bar. Cosplay, don't they? <laughs> yeah, it was like cosplay, right? For men who'd never been to a football match before, but thought that's how you're supposed to dress. Or had a fight. <laughs> and I, yeah, exactly. And I leant across them and uh, like ordered a drink. And they obviously thought they were a bit intimidating, as opposed to a fucking joke, right? And they mm. went, "Huh." Yeah, and I said to buy my dog, you know, three pints or whatever. Yeah, and a couple of whiskeys for us while he's at it. And I went, sorry, lads. And then we're just telling her you're going to buy us a couple of whiskeys, aren't you? And I thought, oh, I see what's happening. <laughs> They've done their cosplay set dress up, right? <laughs> I still had hair at the time, right? <laughs> Looks kind of 
you know, and I thought, oh, I see. They 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 they're under the the misapprehension that it's the early eighties and that they can bully people. And the funny thing was, I went, oh no, I tell you what, and I I can't remember. I said, yeah, you can buy me a drink if you want, lads, and all the rest of it. And they got a bit confused that I wasn't sufficiently uh, intimidated. So then they tried to ramp it up. And the funniest thing they said was, they looked me up and down. I can't remember what I was wearing, but I was probably in some of my fashion clothes. And they went. You know what? One of them said to the other one, you know what he looks like? He looks like the sort of fella you see hanging around in them gay clubs. And I went, <laughs> me? And I oh, went, yeah. And I said, Oscar Wilde. Fucking hell. I went, listen, I don't think you two have been to many gay clubs recently, have you? And I went, no, we fucking haven't. Thanks very much, son. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> I think in the end, I drew attention to what was going on amongst the regulars. And they, yeah. were, they were asked to leave. Ooh. and laughed out of the pub and never came back again. But that was the last time I encountered some skinheads. <laughs> a long and time they had ago. no self-awareness at all. Brilliant. They were just like, well, we're skinheads, aren't we? We're fucking we skinheads going to skinhead, mate. Get dressed up and menace drinks out of people. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, yesterday's hero. Um, yeah, his mates are giving it all, leave it, leave it, leave it, Rod. And then Cloudy Martin appears... And she says to them, why don't you put Rod in my car and I'll take him home? Whoa. So Hello. she's walked away. I didn't see it. When Marsh. I first saw this film, I did not see that coming. Did you? No. No, I mean, obviously there was a free song between them. We knew they had history together, but I didn't see this bit coming. I didn't think she was going to do that. No. But sometimes women can surprise you. Well, well yeah, not that often. Um, <laughs> we've been under lockdown, though. Um so, yeah, she appears and says, why don't you put Rod in my car and I'll take him home? And then it cuts to Rod in the shower at Clary Whoa. Martin's place. Um, I just want to have a shower in your shower. It, I'm right sure he's too drunk to shower, I'd have thought. He can't Isn't that a song by the Dead Kennedys? Too drunk to shower, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he can't be put in a situation like that alone where there's hot water and there's, like, hard tiles and a hard floor and taps and shit he's, he's just not capable he's, he's arsehole but no he's having a shower it's it's meant to sober him up uh, and she says I put a bathrobe on the door for you oh so well, I don't know where she's got the bathrobe from is this a, I don't know if it's a hotel suite that she's in because she's always on the move isn't she I don't know if it's a hotel suite or whether it's where she lives but she's got a bathrobe no 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 she's over from the states I think we got an indication of that earlier I think she's she's US based yeah. I bet you Clint is picking up the bill for this hotel room. Bet wow. you any money. Fucking hell, just adds, adds insult to injury, doesn't it? For what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes out of the shower with the bathrobe on and all this kind of thing. So she's in this swish pad. It's got mirrored walls, sheepskin rugs. It's Jackie Collins, basically, uh, her idea of what sophistication and luxury looks like. Um, sheepskin rugs and that well her idea of what sophistication and luxury looks like is the correct idea of sophistication and luxury in my book I wouldn't disagree with it if she was still alive and I had limitless money and I needed someone to do the interior design on my mansion Uh, I'd be like just get fucking Jackie Collins to do it (laughs) she knows how to spend money yeah (laughs) chandeliers darling everywhere (laughs) candelabras (laughs) <laughs> yeah. one of those old fashioned telephones with the great big fucking handset velvet and brocard 
and a and a, a drinks cabinet shaped like a globe. <laughs> Cut glass decanters with his St. Clements in. <laughs> so yeah, all of that and more. And um yeah, so uh, Rod sits down with his uh, his his bathrobe on and Cloudy's made some coffee and um <clears throat> She's asking him if, he, if he's feeling better, and he says, I feel like a drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's really depressing. He doesn't, does not learn, does he? He just does not learn. He's been rescued It's like that this... line at the beginning where he goes, I don't feel like going down. I, I feel, feel like getting, getting pissed. pissed. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't... He's sort of so resigned to his own issues, isn't he? He's like, yeah. listen, this is just he who I am learn. now. I mean, yeah. if yeah, if I was there in a the shower... Um, had been rescued by this beautiful woman in her luxury pad uh, I'd be hoping that there'd be some sex on the agenda but he's just thinking that I just want to get more pissed yeah he's married to the drink he is. as Shane McGann but he's married to the ginger lady yeah what which one Rula Lenska he, he, Shane McGowan always goes sometimes I wake up in the morning the ginger lady by my bed <laughs> the scotch is his ginger lady jalapeño Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Jalapeño. Did you see that Shane McGowan documentary that was on recently? Nah. It's pretty good. Might be on I'm IPS worried it might be depressing. Uh, it was it was pretty good. It's, 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 it is fairly depressing because uh, I don't know how he's still functioning. And he's definitely not functioning at anywhere near fucking 50%, let alone 100 But, uh, mm. yeah. Anyway, um, where are we? So, yeah, he says, I feel, I feel like a drink. She says, want some coffee? And he says, have you got a large scotch? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, he's, again, he's not learning. She sits next to him and she says, no scotch. She says, uh, after 10 years, I want you sober or at least reasonably so. I mean, fucking hell. It's on, it's on a plate for you here, Rod. I want you sober, well, she that's, says. That's after, it, though. After 10 when, when years. When you become as, as highly addicted as him, nothing matters to you more yeah. than your addiction. Exactly. So he, he can. He, she could be offering him anything. And he's mm. just like, don't care, just want a drink. Just want a drink. It's tragic. Um, and he, he he says, what is this? And she says, well, let's call it a reunion. I mean, 
she doesn't have to make it any more clear about what's happening here but he's not having it he gets up off the sofa and walks across the room away from her I'm not interested. I'm going to need five drinks first before I attempt anything sexual. Back Uh, away. Back away. And then I imagine that nothing will be achievable, and therefore I will have won. The drink will have won yet again. So he gets up off the sofa. He's going to put some sugar in his coffee, and then there's a bit of fucking uh, to and fro with them. Um, He says, I thought about you a lot. And... um, she says, I wonder if you'd even remember. He says, well, you ran off. I ran off? Are you kidding? And then blah, 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 blah. Uh, and uh, then she just says to him, let's make love, Rod. Oh, my God. And in an American accent as well. Fucking hell. And he says, is that what you want? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, she what? wouldn't... She wouldn't be asking. Do you know what I mean? He's not. given her the opportunity to say, oh, I've changed my mind. Is that what you really want? Are you sure about that? I've got to give you a, a moment to reflect on what you just said. I think you may have got a little bit carried away there. Are you, are you suggesting what I think you're suggesting, madam? That you and I should make love here now on the sheepskin rug? Do you know what that entails? Well, well, I'll tell you so you know exactly what you're getting into. It involves me putting my penis <laughs> inside of your family. And that is, once you do that, there's no turning back. Inside of your, I think I call it a front bottom. I think that's what they call it. And uh, I've done it before on more than one occasion. And whilst it can be pleasant at times, it's <laughs> generally speaking a very distressing I mean, activity. I mean, I say that that's what's going to happen. This is all based on whether or not I am able to to achieve and sustain an erection, first of all. <laughs> because if I just try to... Extremely unlikely. If... Just ask Clinis Barber. Very rarely do I satisfy her, and it keeps coming back. <laughs> I don't understand why. If if I try to if I try to insert it while it is, uh, let's say, on the soft... Um, we will be here all night. Nothing will be achieved. It'll be embarrassing for both try. of us. I can try. The best I can hope for is to thumb one in, as we say sometimes. <laughs> but believe me, madam, that will be as undignified for you as it is for me. <laughs> that, <laughs> it's best I just bid you adieu now. That, madam, will very much not be the lovemaking that you are referred to. It will be a tragic <laughs> act. There'll be no love. I'm very little making. <laughs> <laughs> Only shame. <laughs> I will. I will then have to leave because I will be unable to look you in the eye afterwards. It will be horrible for all of us. <laughs> uh, so, active, utter shame. <laughs> shame that will only further fuel. My debilitated alcohol dependency. (laughs) (laughs) And so the cycle will continue. Now, if you'd be good enough to serve me that large scotch we've discussed, (laughs) I'll be on my way. (laughs) So so he says, is that that what you want? And she nods at him and he nods back. And uh, he says, what about Clint? Was he proposing he joins in? I don't know. <laughs> Let's get him over it. Yeah. <laughs> Delaying tactic. He can watch. Yeah. 
Maybe you can write a song about it. Maybe I can watch that. Might be best, I think. <laughs> I liked in the wardrobe. I'll fucking sing a song while I'm watching. <laughs> Do you have a mandolin I could play? <laughs> I don't think... I know just the song for a situation like this. I'll, I'll hide in the wardrobe. I don't think the wardrobe is big enough for a full acoustic guitar, but a mandolin I could definitely come with it. Or a mouth organ. Do you have a mouth organ? <laughs> Do you know this one? Are you going to Scarborough Fair? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely, lovely love-making soundtrack, that one. <laughs> so, yeah, what about Clint, he says. Uh, and Cloudy says, uh, we're, we're friends. And Rod says, oh, oh, oh friends is nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he he nods and smiles and he sits back in the sofa and she says I love Clint I really do but uh, obviously not enough to want to make so his cock is not for me yeah his cock is a foreign land um, and <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know if that sentence has been uttered um, yeah and then she she kisses him and then we go into a montage of some smooching, uh, a bit of lovemaking, some nice, soft, easy listening music. It's uh, it's beautiful and erotic. Um, we see them kissing together in the shower. So, uh, yeah, lots of different positions and locations. It's very, very uh, intense stuff. And then it cuts to Cloudy and she's cooking breakfast the next morning. She's doing that thing that women do sometimes where they'll wear a, a shirt that goes just below the the knicker line sort of thigh length and they wear nothing else. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes, you know what I mean. You've I seen think that before. It, it, yeah, it's a very triggery look, isn't it? Yes, very much so, yes. If we were triggerable at our age, mm. that is. Back but, in the day, yeah, that would have triggered me. Yeah. When there was still even... In the days when there was still one iota of energy or life left in my genitals, I would have been triggered for sure. Sadly, those days have passed. Or perhaps happily. My life is so much simpler now. They have been sealed off with metaphorical hazard tape. (laughs) (laughs) Like a COVID period urinal. Nothing to see here. (laughs) Move along. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah she's making some breakfast she brings him over some toast and she kisses him and sits down oh. there's more kissing I mean I thought this was a football film I'm going to be honest I thought I'd come to see a football film not a kissing film and that seems to be what it's turned into I couldn't watch you my son he hates kissing films oh is it that age yeah I bet and yeah. any kissing bit comes on he immediately without much fanfare just covers his eyes with his hands. Yeah. And if I make any joke whatsoever, oh. I get quite a hard punch in the arm. I bet. Worst thing ever, of course. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was kind of that age and I was occasionally allowed to stay up and watch post-watershed TV, like the Sweeney, Minder. Mm. I'm thinking of things like Avedis in Pet. And in those shows, there was always at least one pair of fully exposed tits per episode, wasn't there? You Knock a watch. Yep. Yeah. There was always some knockers. There was always a scene in a strip club or something like that, or someone being arrested, 
and they're in bed with a woman. Obviously, she's naked. You'd see some knockers, and it'd just be the worst thing ever. But also the best thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Best thing, because it's like, well, hey, there's some knockers, but at the same time, I'm sat next to my parents. This is horrific. So Yeah. Well, now, I, I don't know if you ever have that with your kids on the other way around, but if we're watching a film and anything like that happens... Mm. Like me and my good wife are a fucking nightmare because yeah. we won't go quiet. We'll run into it <laughs> and s- just start. Take it head on. <laughs> yeah, we'll just take it head on and Attack say the like the, we'll purposefully say the most excruciating Whoa. things we can possibly say. <laughs> the other day them. we said that the other day we told them that we'd we'd set up a business where we were going to educate children about things at schools. Yeah. And one of the workshops, we and we were doing it as a couple, and we were going to go around schools doing educational talks and workshops, nice. right? And that we were going to both their schools. And they said, and I think Len half fell for it. My daughter was like, fucking hell. Shut up. <laughs> and we said that the first, the first workshop we were doing was how to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> that we were going into their schools to do a practical class in how to kiss and we were just going to kiss each other on the stage to show the kids how it was done it's a fucking great lie to tell your kids it's like that's that scene in the meaning of life the Monty Python film where John Cleese is the teacher and he's going to show the kids how to have sex with his wife yeah and I think he says what's the first thing I found that scene quite erotic right (laughs) <laughs> again I was at that age probably I was about 10 or somewhere 11 when I first saw that and not completely ready for that kind of thing um, it's not as the as, as bad as the bit where they come around and the fella gets his, uh, his kidneys amputated his kidneys oh, yeah. removed or his liver or something like that that's quite it's a good horrific. film I mean in their life I've always film. thought it's yeah. quite underrated and it's got knockers love. in it as well it's got knockers near it- the end it's got yeah, those yeah, and that man's being chased. Skates. Yeah, yeah. People love um, Life of Brian and the Holy Grail, but I fucking absolutely love the meaning of life. It's I think yeah. it's the. I think it's underrated because it's usually their least acclaimed film, mm-hmm. and it's got Eric Idle singing that wonderful song about the universe in yeah. it. That is just so fucking. Yeah, I watched that and I was just like, fucking hell. Eric and Idle's a fucking genius. The whole uh, Every Sperm is Sacred set piece. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But again, you don't really appreciate amazing that so much. That. You don't appreciate that when you're like 11, but you do appreciate the topless women. Yeah, because, the it, because it's a comedy film, right? So people aren't taking it seriously. But yeah. that, I think, what's his name? Terry Jones directed it, didn't he? The, yeah. the whole movie. Yeah. And it's like that whole fucking scene when they're all in that cobbled street and they're mm. jumping out of the fucking back garden and stuff and it, if that was made in the fucking golden age of American musical cinema yeah. it would still be heralded today as an all time masterpiece yeah. but he's just chucked it out amidst a load of other fucking stuff yeah. I mean Terry Jones the thing about uh, some, some of Monty Python especially if you watch the shows the TV shows and that it's very fucking hit and miss right but and and it almost feels like too much of a cliche to talk about Monty Python now because it's but fucking hell all of them are fucking geniuses every fucking member of the fucking squad is a genius yeah I mean I've that, that's I think that in itself is a cliche that it's more it's a bit hit and miss because I've watched some recently on 
I think it's on Netflix. And there's a lot more hit than there is missing it. Obviously, there's some attitudes yeah. and, and scenarios that are slightly outdated, let's say, and some language that's yeah. slightly outdated. But the the hit rate still is really high, I think. And um, also, when you put it in... I mean, I think that the stuff they do is sort of... You watch it now, and the fucking sheer weirdness of some of the shit they did, where yeah. it's just them being super fucking strange, yeah. right? And it's really funny is like still out there in the context of 2021. So when they started fucking doing it in the 60s or 70s, mm. do you know what I mean? Mm. When I'd it was all fucking Terry and June or whatever. I'd recommend if you've got Netflix, go and watch the first episode of the fourth series, which gets disregarded because Cleese had left by then. He was still doing a bit of writing, but he'd left. And it's, oh, I didn't the, know that. The, 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 they only did six episodes in the fourth series. It was like a shorter series, but the first episode's called The Golden Age of Ballooning. <clears throat> and it's right. fucking brilliant. It's one of those ones that almost takes up the entire episode of the same storyline. And right. um, it was a kind of precursor for when Rippin' Yarns, Palin and Jones did yeah. Rippin' Yarns a couple of years later. And it's yeah. got the Montgolfier brothers who've invented the hot air balloon. And um, it's the, the king is uh, Louis the Fourteenth, apparently, who's come to uh, inspect the plans for the balloon. But it's Palin, and he's actually a Glaswegian. Mm. It's clearly not Louis the Fourteenth, and he gets right. his he gets his his number. He, he says he's the Fourteenth, but it's, the king's actually the Sixteenth at the time. And he's like, "All right, yeah. all right, Louis the Sixteenth. What's the big deal? It's just a number." And all this kind of thing, <laughs> and he's trying to nick the plans from them. And there's all sorts of other brilliant stuff going on. It's fucking great, and it never gets mentioned in among all the classic Python ones that always get sort of cited yeah. as their best work. It is brilliant. Um, how I did will we go back and that? watch some of them. What were you talking about? Knockers, weren't you? Uh, you were talking about the sex education lesson in the yeah, Meaning of Life. that's right. Yeah. And you're going to go around doing kissing doc- uh, kissing lessons? Me and my wife are going to go and do a kissing workshop at all the local schools, yeah. Okay. Right, we'll leave it there then. Um, and we'll be back okay. with more for Yesterday's Hero next week. Hope you've enjoyed it. Kiss as though no one's watching. <laughs> Kiss yourself like James Brown did. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.